Thank you for listening to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast, located here in Pasco, Washington, where lives are still being changed for Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy it. Thank God for fellowship. So this evening, if you want to open up your Bibles, we're going to be looking in John 4, 5 through 26. We'll be reading there in a moment. And so with the occasion of New Year's resolutions to work on, this man says, I confess I have a bad habit. I tend to test the meaning of the word empty. So when my gas tag warns me, it is near, amen, the last of his resources. I tested. The process started out innocent enough. Either I was low on fuel or could not find a gas station, or I was late for an appointment and decided to, uh, not to stop for gas afterwards. But something, amen, was initiated, amen, in the course, amen, that I started challenging my gauges. If I was once able to go eight miles without the fuel light on, with the fuel light on, I reasoned perhaps I could make it to 10. If I made it all the way home from work the last time, this time I can surely afford to make no more stops. Amen. For a while I drove my car that I was beginning to believe that it it had broken gauges. And so it seemed like I could drive with the fuel light on forever. Each time the gauge cried empty, I would ignore it to the point where I was certain I was running completely on fumes. I know some people that do that. Amen. And each time I would get away with it, it actually started to bother me. This, I realized, uh, sounded ridiculous. And it is probably not good for my car and for me, for that matter. Of course, I didn't actually want to run out of gas. But I wanted to know my gauges actually mean something. Perhaps my unreasonable battle with the word empty illustrates a similar phenomenon in life. We tend to ignore anything that suggests that we are creatures of limitations. And so we want to challenge every gauge and ignore every boundary as long as we can. As children, we ward off bedtime, amen, fighting away heavy eyelids, amen, and, uh, and big yawns. As we grow older, we take to the struggle deeper levels, learn to deflect the notions of despair or emptiness, to strive, amen, uh, certain questions in the back of our minds, and to keep, amen, our conscience at bay. Like exhausted children uh, insisting they don't need to sleep, or, or drivers challenging, amen, the inevitable need for gas. We attempt to defy, amen, the, the gauges of life and indicators if they uh, were not indicators at all. And so as people of habit, we like to push the limits. And so a lot of times we ignore signs or indicators. And I want to say that they are there for a reason. And so we're going to read about a woman in the Bible. She thinks she is fine. And like so many people, ignore the warning signs till Jesus confronts her. So let's read our scripture this evening. John 4, 5 through 26 says, And so he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, 
near the field of Jacob, amen, had given to his uh, son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink of water from me, a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked me, and he would have given you the living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? Have you, sorry, have he gave us uh, the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock? Jesus said to him, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again goes on to say, uh, the water I will give him will become in him a spring of water, a welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come, uh, and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you, you are right. In saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is... I think one translation says, You Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me. The hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You will worship you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming. He is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us uh, all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Let's pray. God, we pray this evening, Lord God. We come unto you, Lord God, knowing, Lord God, that you are the answer, that your son is the way, Lord God. Let us not try to fill ourselves with other things of this world, for they will leave us empty. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. So I want to take a look at empty this evening. And so we look at our scripture. And one thing we notice is Jesus is trying to minister to this woman. And so how many of us know that Jesus is not just asking this woman for a drink of water? He is, amen, but he's not. What Jesus is doing is trying to expose her sin. He's trying to expose her heart. And sometimes I think to myself, I wish I had the discernment of Jesus. I could look at people and say, okay, this person is, getting re is, is ready to get saved. So I can invest in them. 
This is how I think sometimes. Amen. Uh, I have these random crazy thoughts. If if I were to know people's heart, if I would would see people's heart, then our church would be filled. Amen. If I if I would know, Amen. If they were ready to get saved, our church, Amen, would be filled. But how many of us know that that we're not Jesus? And sometimes I have these random thoughts. But I want to say that Jesus, amen, he stops by and gives this woman the time and day. And so he starts ministering to her. And so Jesus, one day he stopped by and gave you and I the time of day. He saw something in us that we could not see in ourselves. Amen. He saw something that he could work with. And so we gave our lives to him. Not because of ourselves, but because we also saw something in Jesus, amen. Something more than just uh, the, the outer things. There was something deeper, amen. That's why we gave our lives to Jesus. And so I want you to think about, you know, when God sent someone your way. When you were in the myrrh of your sin. And so Jesus, he stopped by to rescue you. Whatever means Jesus stopped by to rescue you by. And some, maybe somebody spoke to you. Maybe somebody uh, knocked on your door. Maybe they spoke to you on the street. Or maybe you, amen, you had this uh, pestering, amen, family member that got saved. And they, they uh, you know, just, just beat you up with the gospel over the phone. But in some way, somehow, amen, God got a hold of your life. Just like this woman, her life was empty. And so our lives were empty also. This woman had been jumping from relationship to relationship. And so she was looking for something to fill her life. And so she could not find that something. I want to read you this journal from this man. He says, I really struggle. Uh... With boredom, feeling boredom, uh, bored and empty. He lacks, amen, from enthusiasm for anything. He, he uh, has fatigue, uh, a general apathy towards whatever he is doing. He goes on to say, my life is good compared with some other people. He says, I have a loving fiance. He says he has two fantastic kids. He owns his own home. He has good employment, reasonable good health. He goes on to say, I have an iPhone, LOL. Amen. So I guess that's an accomplishment to have an iPhone. But he goes on to say, but I constantly feel bored and empty. I don't have any hobbies with the exception of reading. Or I don't have any interests. I've tried to get into all sorts of things. But the enthusiasm just isn't there. I've tried jogging, cycling, uh, nature photography, writing, yoga, meditation, walking, and golf. All these things were okay when I started, but they never lasted more than a few months before I stopped doing them. Because, amen, I could not get, amen, or I just couldn't uh, bother to do them anymore. He says, I have friends. But I can't bother to keep in touch with them, which makes me feel lonely. And so I don't often talk to them. Facebook leaves me feeling miserable as I see other people going on with their lives. 
I cannot relate to them. And so he goes on to say, I have no interests or hobbies. I can't focus on tasks at work. No matter how much or how little I have to do, I always find myself just uh, meddling and wandering off after a half an hour or so. He goes on to say, I was discouraged with depression, anxiety for a few years. So he went to a CBT session to manage his systems. I have very low self-esteem, low self-worth. Uh, steaming from childhood that led a man to uh, very needy, him being very needed and insecure. I felt great coming out of the therapy, but after a few months, he goes on to say, I just feel flat. And so I find myself continuously trying to change things to make my life more interesting, but I don't do, amen, what I need to do. I buy new coffee mugs or paper bags or different web browsers and get new email accounts, stupid little things to make uh, that make no difference, amen, really. But, amen, I'm obsessed with these things. I can spend a whole day researching new bags, then go out of my way to get a new one. Then after a few weeks, I decide I don't need it or I don't want it. He says that he throws it away. It is almost feels like I'm being eating uh, from he's uh, being uh, eaten from inside. Amen. And so he can't find self-worth in anything. I want to say this evening that you know that we can only find self-worth in Jesus. He says he tries, amen, to find interest in other things like sports, current affairs, politics, science, but it just doesn't work. I cannot force myself to be interested in these things, so I end up feeling lost in my own life. I don't know what I want to do. I try to find identity in things I own, and I only feel lonely at all times, but I don't want to, amen. He, he says that he doesn't want to speak to anybody about it. And so when we do not have a a relationship with Jesus Christ, even though, amen, we go to church, we can find ourselves doing these things because we're looking for something that Jesus Christ only fills. Amen. I want to take a look, secondly, at religion. And so this woman, no doubt, had a religious upbringing, the woman at the will. This woman, by association, thought she had a relationship with God. And so she starts talking about Jacob. Amen. And so this woman, she has all the right uh, rhetoric, but inside she is empty. She knows, amen, that there's a God. She knows, amen, that she needs a relationship, but she settles for religion instead. And so this is the spirit of this world. And Jesus warns us about the spirit in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. It's actually what this man is trying to do, amen, that, that I read about here earlier you know he's trying to fill himself with things that do not matter but know this that in the last day privileged times will come for men will be lovers of themselves lovers of money boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to their parents unthankful unholy unloving unforgiving slanderous without self-control brutal despisers of good uh, traitors headstrong haughty Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying his power. And from such people turn away. Amen. 
And so when we love, amen, the things of this world, when we love, amen, the pleasures of this life, they take the place of God. What we really need, amen, is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so that's what that man was describing. He, he can't put his finger on it, amen. He's tried so many things in his life, amen, but he can't find any pleasure in this life. Because I want to say not even religion, amen, is going to bring pleasures into our lives like this woman. And so the most uh, common misconception of our religion is that Christianity is just a, another religion like Islam, Judaism, and Hinduism. Sadly, many who claim to be adherers of Christianity do not practice Christianity if it were a religion. And so to many Christians, amen, it's nothing more than a set of rules and a set of rituals that a person has to observe in order to uh, go to heaven after death. Think about it. We get people that come in here all the time. They think it's all about a set of rules, amen, coming to church, looking good, you know, but their life does not represent, amen, what, what it means to be a man or a woman of God. And so true Christianity is not a religion. Rather, it is having a right relationship with God by receiving Jesus Christ as our Savior, the Messiah. And so when we have a relationship with Jesus, everything changes. And so by grace through faith, Amen. Yes, Christianity does have its rituals to observe, like baptism, communion. Yes, Christianity does have rules, amen, to follow, do not murder, love one another, etc. However, these rituals and rules are not, amen, the essence of Christianity. The rituals and rules of Christianity are a result of our salvation. It's a flow, amen, of our salvation. We follow Christ, amen. We're obedient to Christ, amen, because it's a result of our salvation. And so when we receive salvation through Christ, we are baptized as a proclamation of that faith. We observe communion and remembrance of Christ's sacrifice. We follow a list of do's and don'ts out of love for God and a gratitude for what he has done for us. Amen. Not out of an obligation. Some, some people try to serve God out of an obligation. Amen. It should come from the heart. It, flow, it should flow from the heart. And so being religious is keeping God at a distance. And so there are many religious people that do not have a relationship with God. And they're com uh, completely missing the mark. They keep God, amen, neatly tucked away in a drawer only to think about him when it is time for church. And so they restricting God to only one area of their lives is wrong and will bring a lot of heartache. And send, send, amen, spending time in prayer and truly waiting for God's confirmation would prevent loss of mistake, amen, lots of mistakes being done. Are being made, amen, many wrong turns being taken in life, amen, it is already difficult, amen, for us to connect with God, but without Him, the consequences can be terrifying, I want to take a look at God 
Amen. Allowing God to direct you. And so having a true relationship with God means that you're inviting Him into every part of your heart and your life. We can ignore the Creator when we do things. And so we need to let Him influence everything. Our business, our, ho our businesses, our homes, our family, and our relationships. Every day in, in my life, I pray, I'm like, God, help me in this area. Come into this area. Uh, heal this area. Touch this area. I need you, God, in this area. And so He can transform every aspect of our being and help us, amen, with setting goals in our life. He can make our lives whole. And so remember that whatever the questions, amen, God has the answers for them. Only He can give us the true and lasting peace that we need to live an abundant life. In fact, we cannot even know what we're supposed to do in this life if we do not go to Him and find out. And so Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. I want to take a look at the living water. I want to take a look at somebody's life that has passed away and uh, actually she's she's the wife uh, of Pastor Wayman Mitchell so Nelda Mitchell amen and so this woman she had the living water this woman had a relationship with God that drove her life well I want to take a look at some of the things that she accomplished and so a long life role as a mother figure of the church she set an example, and she gave uh, practical instruction to the young people on uh, uh, children and families. And so she served in numerous capabilities within the church, especially behind the scene. And she was uh, an invaluable help to her husband. And she left her uh, home and family and comfortable security many times for the call of God that her husband had on his life. Amen. And so if you're a woman in this place, amen, I want you to know that, that God, you know, he has a call for you too. Amen. It goes on to say she went with her husband to, to Australia so he can help pastor the church there at the age of, listen to this, she was there with him. I don't know how old she was, but he was 47 when he went. 51 when he went, and this I remember, 74 when he went, again. When, amen, Pastor Mitchell went over there, uh, there was there was a, a split, amen, in one of the, the wings of our church. And so he decided to go there. Somebody had gone bad, somebody had gone south. And so she allowed her husband to impact 110 nations. Because she was just obedient, amen, to following her husband. For him to do God's will. But she was behind the scenes in all this, helping out also. And so, I want to ask this question. Do you remember, amen, when you received the living water? Do you remember when God whispered certain visions, amen, into your heart? When he spoke, amen, a specific, 
nation to you. Or whatever, amen, he has called you to do in his kingdom. God sometimes, you know, he, he won't speak a specific nation, but he'll speak something to me and he'll, he'll be like, hey, go talk to that person. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I, I don't want to, but I'm like, okay, God, I'll, I'll do it because you're asking me to. And how many of us know that, that God can speak to us? It's, it's His Spirit, amen. His will, amen. His Spirit is for people to get saved. So I want to ask, you know, what has changed from that moment till then? I believe a lot of times, you know, we change because God never changes. Amen. And we need to find, amen, that living water once again. This woman that I, that I spoke about, when she got saved, she went and spoke to the whole town about, you know, the Savior that he, she had met. And I want to say this evening that God has not changed. And even if, if we've reverted back or, you know, if we've taken a couple steps back, that God is still there for us. God still wants us, amen, to do His will. God is willing to still use us, amen, and willing to keep on changing us for his will and for his purpose. He doesn't change. Amen. It says, For I am the Lord, I do not change, therefore you are not consumed. O sons of Jacob, yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances, and I have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, In what shall we return? And so God is telling them, if you return to me, whatever it may be, amen, that we need to return to him, amen, we can. And I want to say, amen, that, that God will use us, he will help us. And so I want to, if you have not, amen, had some of the living water, I want to say this evening that Jesus is here to offer you the living water that's going to satisfy you. Until the day you die, or until the day, amen, that you're, that we're taken up. And you, I want to say that you can receive that water today. The living water that satisfies, amen, is what we need in our lives. And I want to say that nothing else in this life can satisfy you, but what, what God has to offer you. Amen. Can I have every head bowed and every eye closed? You've just listened to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast located here in Pasco, Washington. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you come back for more.